0: Genesis chapter 6, um, get your Bibles and go there. Um, I want to pick up where I left off on last week. Thank you, fellas. Uh, I want to review a little bit just to share a couple of more things uh, as it relates to that passage to, to open our eyes to help us with the church as we get to the place to build in the ark. Let me begin with this statement, by the way, of um, introduction for today's message. And uh, I want to encourage you to, you can go to our website or go to iTunes and download, download the podcast for last week's message to be brought up to speed. Um, by way of introduction, I, I read a book called "Courageous Leadership" many, many years ago, and it was a book that's written by Bill Hybels. And it was Bill Hybels that, on the, um, I think it was shortly after those planes crashed into the World Trade Center. Uh, I think it was September 11th, uh, is it 2001? that he made a trip down to New York uh, to Ground Zero to kind of just assess what was going on. And when Hybels when look around, looked around and saw all the pain, saw all the chaos, saw all the catastrophe, um, saw all the violence, let me use the word that we were just talking about, and all the evil that was going on in the world. He saw people crying. He saw wives that had lost their husbands, husbands that had lost their wives, childrens that have lost their parents. It was just total chaos. Hybels came to the conclusion that the church really is the only hope for the world today. Amen. And, and I'm coming to the position in my life where I have to agree with him more and more that whether we want to admit the truth or not, the church really is the hope for the world today. The reason I'm saying that is because today's society... Um, is just as bad, or if you look at the violence that's going on that led up to the World Trade Center, it's just simply an escalation of the evil that exists in the world. And does anybody in here know there's going to be a point in time where God is going to put an end to all of this? Come on, say a if you believe that. Yeah, and we're going to see in a little while Scripture is clear where God says, my spirit will not always strive with men. I'm going to read this again. But what happens, and I was sharing this on Wednesday night, is that as time, um, God delays his coming and time lapses on, we fool ourselves into thinking that God is okay with what he sees. I need to remind you, church, that God is not okay with what he sees. And, and, and my challenge with the church today, and I know it's going to sound like I'm picking on the church, but I'm in a different vein right now. I just need to be honest with us, is that we so adjust or conform to the ways of the world that as the world goes haywire, the church feels as if it too needs, needs to go haywire to keep up with the world. People, that's the furthest thing from the truth. We're a called out people, we're, we're, we're separate people, we're people that ought to be committed to God. And, 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 and where God has me in this place is sometimes we've forgotten the existence, the reason for the existence of the church, and we need to rekindle the flame so we can be uh, working with God in reconciling the world to himself. That, that scenario that I just painted is, is no different than what we're talking about in the book of Genesis chapter 6. If you can grab your Bibles and go with me to Genesis chapter 6, I want to walk you through a few things that's stated in the text so we can get to where um, God would have us to go. If you get to Genesis chapter 6, stick your finger there and then back over to Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 26 um, for just a little bit of literary context. And then we're going to move to chapter 6. I need, I need to show you a couple of things that I'm hoping will open your eyes to the state of affairs as we walk through the passage of Scripture that's in front of us. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Notice what it says in 1 and 26. I'm reading from the ESV. Then the Lord said, uh, this is during the creation of the heavens and the earth, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the the heavens, And over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them male and female. So a couple of things I want to point as I read this. Number one, it's important for you to know that God created us to be image bearers. Let me tell you what that means real quick so we can move into the text. His design and intent is that we look like God, we talk like God, we function like God, we behave like God. Come on, say amen. That we have the character trait that God himself has, okay? So you find that in Genesis 26, but then when you go to verse 28, look at verse 28. 21 and 28 says, And the Lord God blessed them, meaning the people he had created in his image and likeness, And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And then notice this, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the ground. Here's another parenthetic I need to put real quick. When, When God issued the command of dominion, it was humans being made in his image having dominion over the created order of God, me and the earth, I mean the animals, and plant life. There is no mention of humans having dominion over each other. There is no mention of of, of males dominating females. Brothers, let me help you out. There's no mention of females dominating. You guys get this? Okay, so then, then notice what verse 31 says. Verse 31 says of chapter 1, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, my translation says, It was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. What that communicates to me is that the onset of the creation of God, he was pleased because people were functioning as image bearers, and they were behaving, and they were conducting themselves the way God intended that they behave, and they conduct themselves. Come on, say amen if you're there. Now, here's what I need you to know. Time elapses on. Adam and Eve comes on the scene. They have children. On and on and on and on and on. And we get to Genesis chapter 6, and look at verse 1 of chapter 6. And this to give you a little bit of a literary context Of what's happening here, so we can talk about what is going on in the text. Verse six says, "When man, you guys, if you dare, say amen. Amen. When um, I'm I'm sorry, chapter six, verse one. Yeah, chapter six, verse one. It says here, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive, and they took." Their, as their wives, any they chose. Let me stop there for a little while. Look at verse 1. When men begin to multiply on the face of the land. Now, here's what you need to know that was very illuminating to me. And I could very well be off um, by a magnitude of some amount. But, but I, I played with some numbers. And I looked at Genesis chapter 3. Between Genesis chapter three all the way to Genesis chapter six, and I came up approximating roughly and I could be way, way off on this, but at a minimum, 5,000 or more years have elapsed. Will you get that preacher? Well, Doug Gunnett, Adam lived a thousand years by himself. Are you with me? So, that wasn't just one day. Are you with me? He, he lived a long time that he had kids, and you hear about his kids living another 900 and some plus years. I'm up to 2,000. Then Methuselah comes on the scene, and he lives another, don't, y'all talk to me, another 1,000 plus years. If I keep doing the math. The duck, when child were born, I'm, I'm pretty close to three. Are you with me? And then it starts talking about all these people who lived 800 and 900 and so-and-so plus years. So I, 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 I figured, let me lean on the safe side and say that roughly about 5,000 or more years had elapsed since God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And because time has elapsed, I'm approximated, you figure by this point in time, don't fool yourself into thinking that over 5,000 years, they're still living close to Eden. (laughs) Yeah, you get it, you get it, yeah, yeah. Folk folk had made sojourn, come on, y'all. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, me, after 100 years, I'm tired of Aurora. (laughs) And after 200, (laughs) are you with me? I'm tired of Denver. Yeah, after about five years, I might end up in South Carolina somewhere messing with Carol. You kind of get what I'm saying. But my point is, my point is that when you, look, when you look at chapter 6, verse 1, notice what it says. When men began to multiply on the face of the land, the earth was being populated. So I will speculate probably millions and millions of people had existed in the earth by this point in time. That's a long time to reproduce, given a nine-month gestation period for a woman. Come on, talk to me. Are you with me? And so so I want you to imagine with me as we move into the text, I want you to imagine just a large group of people living on the face of the earth. I want you to imagine complete chaos happening crazy stuff going on on the face of the earth. And here's the first thing I shared with you last week. We must come to the truth that humankind is responsible for the corruption that we experience right now in the earth realm, okay? Now let me tell you how bad this thing was, okay? So look with me at chapter 6, verse 1. Look at a couple of things. It says, man began to multiply on the land, and daughters were born to them. And then it says this interesting phrase. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive. Okay, let me just be black and white. I did as much work as I could exegetically on the phrase sons of God, and it could mean three different things. Number one, it could literally mean um, inhuman or angels um, that are referred to as the sons of God or angelic beings. Or it could also mean um, rulers on the face of the earth um, from varying kingdoms. It could also mean uh, descendants of Seth, um, being that they were the only holy ones. Um, After all that work, I came to the conclusion that the biblical um, manuscript, the Ugaritic text, everything supports the phrase that the sons of gods were angelic beings. Now, this tripped me out because this is what it means. You had angels up in heaven. Dang, she's fine. Dang. Lord, have mercy. Excuse me, Jesus. I mean, have mercy. (laughs) And the text says these human females that were the outbirth of the families on the earth, Angels literally came down, and I want to use a word that I don't have time to flesh out. It says, and they took as wives any they chose. Angels just swooping down, Mama Jackie, and swooping you up with your fine self. (laughs) Look at her, she's blushing. Look at her, look at her. (laughs) Faster. (laughs) Just swooping down. And picking whoever they choose, and then when you read the text, and engaging them in sexual intercourse. Okay? Now, understand with me, that was not God's design for the creation of, of mankind. His intent was not angels rule over and submute. So his created order was being violated because you remember with me in 1 and 31, God saw all that he made and his conclusion was it was good. He was happy, okay? Now look at this. And then it says in verse 3, when God starts to see this, he says, And the Lord said, My spirit will not always abide in man forever, for he is flesh, and his days will be 120 years. Now look at verse 4, i I'm going to come back to 3 briefly. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God, same angels, came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them, And these were mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. That word Nephilim, it has a a complex meaning, but in the simplest sense, it means gigantic type warlike men. So here is me on a surface level reading this thing, and I'm still processing this out. So don't, don't quote me on this, but just hear me say this. It almost seems as if the text were saying that that these angels were coming down and engaging a human. So you had this subhuman, this this non-human being having sex with a human female, and they were creating this mixed breed thing that was creating chaos in the earth. Are you with me? And it's almost as if the text was implying that the lifespan of these beings were long. I'm just saying. And when God looks at this, he says, I must break the cycle. I must put an end to it because it's not my design. Now, the point is this. The problem as God sees it is that whenever things get out of order and it gets to a place where it's not functioning the way that God intends for it to function, given time, God will intervene. Come on, say amen. I need you to hear me say this. Given time, God will intervene because the text says, my spirit will not always try with men. Here's what that looks like in my life. Because I'm a child of God, he'll only let me get away with so much that in time, oh, come on, don't act like it hadn't happened to you. God will only allow you get away with so much then in time, I think I'm comfortable in saying the reason the majority of us are in here worshiping him this morning is because our time for serving the world ran out. Oh, don't, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because his spirit wasn't always going to strive with men. You thought you just matured and got sick of the sick of the clubs. No, 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 no. Your time ran out. You thought you just got sick of doing drugs and you gave it up. No, your time ran out. You, come on, I wish I had somebody in here because God's spirit will not always strive with men because he's called, he will put an end to the foolishness. Turn to your neighbor. Said neighbor, I hope your time ran out like mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 y'all gonna get that. That means I'm hoping with the foolishness. Yeah, come on, are you talking to me this morning? Matter of fact, we don't have time to go here, but we did this on Wednesday. If you were to go to Genesis chapter 24 around verse 36, here's what the Lord says. Here's what Jesus says. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. Come on, because here's the depth of what that passage is saying. When you look at Noah, the problem as we see it was heavenly beings um, intermingling with human beings. When I look today, I see situations that are worse than it ever was in the day of Noma. Come on, may I get in trouble this morning? I see men being lovers of men. I see women being, come on, I wish I had somebody in here being lovers of women. I see people having no standards and no boundaries. You think God was mad then? And please hear my heart, my goal is not to offend anyone, I just need to speak the truth of Scripture. The things that existed in the world back then were so upsetting, imagine what happens when God looks at us now. Attorney DeBoson, he don't want to bother you, he's just preaching, come on, tell him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean to bother you. Yeah, yeah, but I need y'all to hear me. If that's how it was back then, Imagine how bad it is now in the eyes of God. So we must own. We must take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility for the chaos as we see it in the earth realm. Those, those are some of the things that I shared. Now let's let's read. Let's read with me, okay? And and look at what it says. Now let me let me move on because I want to get a couple of places real quick. So because of the corruption, God is grieved, and He has planned to destroy the earth. Okay, literally in Noah's days, it was rain. In the end, it's not going to be rain no more. It's going to be fire. Are you all hearing me? Okay. We'll talk about that at some point during the course of the year. Let's read. Look at chapter 6, verse 6. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read. Uh, It says here, Then the Lord regretted that he had made man, and he's grieved them in his heart. So the Lord says, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I have made them. Okay jump down to verse 13 and verse 17 real quick. Um, Look at uh, verse 13. Let me me get there. I was teasing Stephanie about her glasses this morning. I'm not going to say nothing with me looking like this. (laughs) Yeah, there it is right there. Verse 13. (laughs) And the Lord said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy the earth okay and then verse 17 look at verse 7 For Behold I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven everything is on on the earth that is on the earth shall die that's all I want to say about that because we talked about it last week extensively now look at this next thing real quick in the midst of a corrupt generation you take a minute here God is looking for those who are committed to being in the world, but not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the folk that he wants to use to build the ark. Now, let's, let's back up. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Look with me. What verse is that? Look at verse uh, 8 through 9, and let's read. It says, but Noah found what? Grace or favor in who? The eyes of who? Okay, and then it says here in the next first line these are the generation of Noah. Noah was what kind of a man? A righteous man. He was what? Blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, let me read between the lines. The text doesn't say that. God found favor or grace with Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but he found grace with what? That's a very important statement, because the reason I'm here wasn't so much that I was all that, but somebody that I fell in line with covered me. I wish. (laughs) Yeah, in in my foolishness, somebody that I was in line with covered me. But here's the point I want to make about this text. Remember the data I gave you, five thousand at a minimum plus years had passed, millions of people on the face of the earth, and in the midst of all the population that existed on the earth, God scanned the earth and he found grandma's term one somebody. That's heavy to me. Now you you've got to see millions heck, let me just use let me just use um, the, the Metro Denver population over four plus million people in the Metroplex. God looks in Aurora, God looks in Denver, God looks in Inglewood, God looks in Littleton, God looks in Centennial, God looks in Green Valley, God looks in Mount he looks in Arvada, come on, are you tracking with me? He looks in Boulder, he looks in Westminster, he looks in Thornton, he looks, come on, are you tracking with me? He looks all over the place and out of four million plus people, he only finds, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You wonder why Scripture says in the New Testament that many are called. Yeah, you... <laughs> you, remember why, you wonder why Scripture says broad is the road, and many there be on it. Narrow is the way, and few there be that walk therein. Because here's what I'm learning. Everybody that cries, Lord, Lord, shall... Uh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Because I look like a Christian, dress like a Christian, talk like a Christian, behave like a Christian doesn't necessarily mean that I am. Come on, talk to me. Because I'm pretty sure that there was a whole lot of folk were you to take a poll in that day and age and ask them if they knew God, they would say, yes, we know God. But I need to inform you this morning, knowing God doesn't mean that you're living in the image of God. I wish I had somebody in here. Knowing God doesn't mean that you're behaving like God. I wish I had somebody in here Knowing God doesn't mean that God knows you. Millions of people, and he finds one. And notice the qualification, he was righteous. That means when you're willing to know his house, he wasn't talking the way the world spoke. When you went into Noah's house, he wasn't behaving the way the world behaved. Come on. when you went into Noah's, come on, the stuff that the worlds do. Noah exempted himself. He was in the world, but he was not, oh yeah, I wish I had somebody in here. He still lived in the world, but the world never got in him. So the text says he was blameless. Man, we can't get Noah to sin. Some of us that don't take much. (laughs) And notice I said us, myself included. Just a look what you're looking at. Acting like you're an angel come down from heaven. (laughs) The brothers know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Righteous. The question I want to lay to you this morning and myself. If God were to surface the earth today, how many knowers would he find and would you and I be labeled a noah cuz he's looking for those who are committed to being in it but not of it are you with me Folk that the world has not yet consumed, people that are willing to stand and have a voice and to say, for God I live and for God I die. I'm not going to conform to the ways of the world. I'm not going to conform to the patterns like it says in Romans 12. I'm going to be a transformer, not a conformer to the things of this world. As much as I hate to say it, I need you to hear me say this morning that if you are, if we find ourselves being conformer, be aware the flood is coming. Does this make sense? So he's looking for folk like that to build the ark. Now let let me move on because there's a couple of things I need y'all to get with me. Notice this. Because God is looking for plans to destroy the earth, he is asking the church. So here's what I want y'all to understand. The church then, the church then are the called out people of God. It's not a conglomerate of everybody that say I go, but it's the people that have separated themselves from the earth that are saying for God I live, for God I die. God are looking for people like that to build an ark to rescue people from the flood are you hearing me not everyone who applies for the job necessarily can say they're living up to the job requirements God is looking for people to build an ark to rescue people from his impending judgment okay now there's just two brief things I need to say about this ark that I'm going to stop because I want y'all to get this go with me to chapter look at chapter 6 verse 8 let me read this and then um then we're going to get to this Here's what it says. Noah found favor. Verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. He had three sons. Okay. Now jump down to 10. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence. Behold, I will destroy it. Verse 14 says, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make what? Rooms in the ark. And it says, Cover it inside and out with pitch some of your translations says seal it with pitch on the inside and inside out here's a connection i want to make real quick that i think is paramount and very very important never forget when we're building the ark the holy spirit as the sealant I, i want i want to make the connection here's what pitch did the pitch prevented water, anything from sneaking into the ark, water, but it also prevented anything from slipping out. We'll talk about this a little more in upcoming weeks. You couldn't get in, but you also couldn't get out. Are you with me? I want you all to track with me. And here's the beauty of what I want you all to understand. If we're going to build the ark the way God wants it built, the Holy Spirit must have a dominant place. Because hear me say this. It's not what I want, but it's what God wants. And here's how Scripture says it in the New Testament and Ephesians. We have the Holy Spirit who is in us by which we have been sealed until the day of redemption. So here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit guides me. The Holy Spirit protects me. The Holy Spirit covers me. The Holy Spirit warms me. The Holy Spirit informs me. The Holy Spirit tells me when I'm wrong. I wish I had somebody in here. The Holy Spirit speaks to me and tells me where I ought not go and what I ought not do. The Holy Spirit tells me how I need to behave myself. And the sad commentary with the churches today is that the Holy Spirit still speaks, but the people of God are blind their ears to the voice of God because of the patterns of the world. I want to challenge you this morning. Let us reopen our ears to hear the voice of God. David says it this way in the book of Psalms, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against me. I think I'm comfortable in saying that if you're here under the sound of my voice and you have given your heart to God, I am guaranteeing you that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Whether we listen or not, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but he speaks. He speaks. He speaks. And he's there to provide safety in the midst of whatever we're going through. Come on, statement. if you're tracking with me. Now, let me share this, this, this thing, this one last couple of things, and then I'm going to end. Here's the thing I want y'all to understand. Now, the sealant, this is important, is not designed to stop the storm. <laughs> but it's designed to help you make it through. That baby did a good job when she got to the end of the story. That was my hoop line. Um, I'm going to bring him back up to talk about that. Noah built the ark and the unfortunate comment is only Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, Um, probably Miss Noah. Well, let me say Miss Noah. And if these boys were married, their family were the only ones in the ark. Even though they were in the safety of the ark, when you read this story, the floods still came. It still came. But the thing that, that made them safe and secure is the fact that they were covered and sealed in the security of the ark. You also need to hear me say this. Being in the ark did not eliminate, use the right words, did not eliminate the fear that they felt from the storms. See, the problem with me and the problem with you is we read this story and we have this beautiful silhouette of Noah sitting on the inside of the ark playing his guitar around a campfire, singing Kumbaya, and all the animals are humming along with Noah. <laughs> but I'm willing to bed. Noah beat in the ark, when the waves got to toss and Mr. Lion got hungry, and he no doubt roared. And Noah was probably concerned whether his life was in jeopardy or not. The reason I need to paint that picture for you is because some of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that because I'm in the ark of salvation, it's supposed to be all right. And when the storms of life get to raise in, we act as if we're not in the ark anymore. We act as if God has forgotten us. We act as if, you know, this is not supposed to happen. Here's what I want you to understand with me. The ark is not designed to, to, it won't stop the storm from coming, but it's a guarantee that you're going to make it through the storm. Are you hearing me? I want y'all to hear me say that this morning because the storms of life will come. After all, I am human. This body is frail. It's going to deteriorate. I mean, life is going to happen, but life does not dictate my security if I'm on the inside of the ark. Are you hearing me this morning? The fact that I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit, God's got me regardless of whatever the enemy may throw at me. I'm safe and I'm secure in the ark. So church, let me say this and I'm done. The ark provides a measure of safety. A measure of safety, and I'll flesh this out a little more next week, that the world can't. Are you hearing me? The ark provides a level of protection it won't stop the storm. So, so here's the deal. You might want to consider praying for the storm to go away. <laughs> and start praying for peace. In this, Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying? Because last I checked the New Testament, Jesus was on board a ship with his disciples going to the other side. And even with Jesus himself on board the ship, the storm still came. Come on, come on. And just like Noah, here's his disciple. Master, don't you care that we perish? Get up and do something about the storm. And, and I want you all to understand, when Jesus got up, the storm didn't bother him because he knew he was safe in the ark and notice what he did he spoke peace to the situation we need to learn as a church how to say satan i hear you i see you i feel you but i'm not gonna let you Bother me because I'm safe in the ark. Come on. I'm not going to let you impact my behavior. I'm not going to have you talk like, have me talking like the ways of the world, doing things the world does. I'm in the ark. Come on. I've got the the Holy Spirit around me. My behavior ought to be different. So toss me all you want. Kick me all you want. Blow me all you want. Do whatever you want to do against me. I am safe in the ark. Here's what I want to encourage you with this morning church We're in the world The storms of the world are going to come Stay in the safety of the ark And we're going to talk in a couple of weeks about getting folk in it And, and, And if you're in there realize that you're safe, you're secure You're protected, you're sealed It won't stop the storm But it'll help you make it through Are you with me? Personal story, I never forgot when I got sick, you had a whole lot of folk just like Job come in. Well, he must have sinned. No, 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 I'm in the ark, and life is still going to happen because it's not about the flesh. It's somebody in here. It's not about the temporal. Come on. It's not about the earthly. It's about the spirit, man. And as long as the spirit knows that you're in the ark and you're protected, storms may rise, wind may blow, but God is in control. I want to say this this week, and I'll say it again next week. If you're here and you're not in the ark, yeah, time to come in. Time to come in. Time to come in. There's another level of security on the inside of the ark. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what God does to protect us and keep us next week. But it's very, very important that God's going to destroy this earth. The world is in a bad, 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 bad place. And the wrath of God is going to be poured out. That passage in Matthew 24 tells us that we do not have a guarantee of when it's going to happen. We do not know the day or we do not know the hour. I say this a lot. If you think tomorrow is given to you, you're gambling with funds that are not in your bank account. Jesus can come now he can come tomorrow. Let me quote Matthew 24 again. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in these last days. And it continues. Two will be standing in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Ask yourself, which one are you? The taken or the left? If you're uncertain this morning, I want to invite you again Come. Come in the ark. Come in the ark. Come in the ark. There's safety in the ark. Come on. Come in the ark. Come on. Come, 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 come in the ark. Come, come this morning. Come. Elders stand up. Come. Come in the ark. Ministers come. Come come. Come in the ark if you're uncertain. Come on, baby. Come on. Time is not guaranteed. Y'all come minister to this young lady. Come on. Time is not guaranteed. Are there others? If God is speaking to you, come this morning. Come on, stand to your feet. Come, come, come this morning. Come, come, come. The Bible says, "Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation." Don't fool yourself. Like I need not fool myself into thinking. If God is speaking, harden not your heart. Don't worry about who is looking. Don't look about. Worry about who is thinking about whatever about you. They don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. They don't have an ark to put you in. Only God has the ark, the ark of salvation. Come this morning, come this morning, come this morning, come this morning, come on this morning. Allow God to be God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to pour out your spirit in this place. Speak, God, as only you can speak. Move as only you can move, Lord. If there is another Lord that don't know you to be their strength. Draw them, God. Draw them, draw them, draw them, draw them, draw them, draw them. Draw them, God, to you. Draw them to you. Oh, how we love you this morning. We thank you for the security of the ark. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. Move in this place, God, as only you can move. We give our hearts to you. In your name.